Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. God's got something for you. Uh, seniors, we're so proud of you and we bless you. Tonight, the uh, baccalaureate is at First Baptist Church at 6 o'clock, and uh, we hope you represent New Covenant well there. Pastor Chris is going to be bringing the address tonight at uh, baccalaureate, and so we want you to, you're welcome to attend if you'd like. Uh, We're going to start a new series today, and I, I want to ask you, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment. Love your Lord, the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Yeah. Matthew 22, verse 37, where it's found. Let me just show. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And every time I read that, I always put myself in that place. Well, how's that working for you, Daryl? How are you doing with that? If that's the greatest commandment. And here's the thing that I want you to understand. Because a lot of times we think, well, that's just impossible. Here's the other side of it. I think I'm doing that with my heart, but my question is, what about my soul? And where is my mind a lot of times? And uh, what I want you to understand, God never is going to make a command of you or requirement of you that He will not equip you or avail to you the ability to do it. So God's never going to ask you to keep a command that He will not empower you to keep. But here's the first thing I've discovered. You will never be able to really keep that command until you realize that Jesus kept it first. Jesus loves you with all of His heart, with all of His soul, with all of His mind. First John tells us that we can love Him because He first loved us. And... I want us to look this morning at uh, at the love of God. We're going to start a new series called Learning to Live Love. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 17, but I'm going to start reading in verse 14 because these verses are in the prayer of Paul praying for the church or praying for the people of God. In verse 14, it says, For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened in the, with might through His Spirit in the inner man. And then these verses I want us to focus on this morning. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to com- meet, comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The Amplified Version, I call the hard of hearing version. The Amplified in the classic version, these same verses says this, it's going to be on the screen. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make His permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power 
and be strong to apprehend and to grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it? That may, you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being until all the fullness of God, you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Makes me want to say, wow. I want God to answer that prayer in my life. I want to know. And here's the thing I want want to start out with. That which is missing in most of our lives is not a doctrinal understanding of God's love. Jesus died for sinners. We know that. We've been taught that. I mean, even people out on the street knows that God loves everybody. What's lacking is our grasp of the living experience and apprehending the depth of God's love for us right now. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at learning to live loved. We're going to lay the foundation for it this morning. The title of the message is Rooted and Grounded. Rooted and Grounded. If we're going to learn to live in love, not in love, but loved. Learning to live loved. Because that loved part is already there. We've got to learn to live in it. That which is missing is not our our teaching... That which is missing is our experience, letting, being rooted deep in that love and being grounded on the security of that love, as the Amplified said it. Well, then how in the world can you know or stay sure of God's love? When I was in junior high, this is for the seniors because they don't know what this means. When I was in junior high, you were not even a thought. In junior high... I was raised on a farm and we had hundreds and hundreds of sunflowers. And here's the way we discovered whether somebody in junior high liked us or not. We picked a sunflower and we said, he loves me. Only I said, she loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And the last petal determined your romantic future. Now you just use an iPhone. And you know what? And if, if it ended on, she loves me not, you got another sunflower. <laughs> That's a childish way to talk about, you know, flowers were never designed to tell romantic fortunes or futures. But long after I put away the flowers, I continued to play the game with God. According to my circumstances, well, today He loves me. And then something happens in my circumstances and He loves me not. I pray a prayer and He answers, He loves me. I lie to cover myself, He loves me not. I read the Bible and He speaks to me, He loves me. And I fall for the temptation for the thirteenth time, He loves me not. And I want to discover, I want you to know, I've played that game with God most of my, my, my life. And I've recently learned, and, and basically I'm still learning, because given the, cer- given the cer- set of certain circumstances, I can still play the game. Well, today God loves me because everything's good. 
But when everything's gone to hell in a handbasket, can you be sure that God loves you? What I want to share with you this morning is how to be rooted and grounded in the unquestionable, unconditional, unrestrained, unrestricted love of God. Ephesians, look again at verse 17. Paul's praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints that what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Now, the word love here, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about the world's kind of love. I'm not talking about worldly love, and I'm not talking about love like people have for each other that we grew up in. I'm not even talking about familial love. I'm talking about the love of God. It's a whole different word that's used in Scripture. It's the word agape. If you've been in church at any much at all, you know the word agape, the word agape. But I want, to, I want to express that to you because what we tend to do is think that God loves like we love. And you see, we love circumstantially, don't we? There's, there's four words in Greek for love. There's eros, is a, we get our word erotic love, uh, erotic uh, sexual love, uh, it's selfish love. All of them are selfish except one. Selfish, in other words, you love for to be loved. Erotic love, eros, and then there is phileo, Philadelphia, brotherly city of brotherly love. Phileo means not just it's not just brotherly love; it's love of likeness. In other words, you love those people who are like you, who's going to love you back. You love in order to get things, and you love in order to show things. But it's your love. And there's a reciprocal loving each other, and and it's conditional. You love because others love you, and we we can we tend to like our own kind. We love our own kind. And then there's storge, which is familial love. You love your sons and daughters. You love your grandchildren. You love those things. And it's a love. It's a great. All of them are different kinds of love, but all of them are not agape love. It's not God's kind of love. Agape love is totally different. In fact, it was not used in classical Greek until New Testament times. Did you know it's only found one time in Matthew? One time in Luke. But then John and, and the writings of Paul, Jesus comes along and he becomes the demonstration of God's agape love. The word agape is, is a love that originates in the heart of the lover. And not only that, it originates in the heart of the lover because of the value and the preciousness that the lover puts on the one that's being loved. In other words, that one being loved had nothing to do with the origination of love in the other one. You see, in phileo, we, we love who, those who love us, and we love like, and we love that which pleases us. God loves because of the value of the thing loved. For God so loved the world. He sees this world worth loving. Agape is a willful love. I'm going to use some words and then I'm not going to take a long time, but I want you to see them because I think the words will catch your attention more than maybe my explanation. It's a willful love. Agape love is unprovoked. It's unprovoked. In other words, you don't do anything to provoke God's love for you. God loves you without you doing anything. It's unexpected. 
You know, sometimes you think you can be good enough to be loved. Let me tell you what, you can't be good enough to be loved by God. He loved you already. It's unexpected. It is unearned. There is absolutely nothing that's going to make God love you more. Some more words. It's unrestricted. There is no restriction. God didn't start loving you because you met some standard. It's unrestrained. There's not anything that's going to keep you from being loved. And it's unconditional. What all of those words are kind of meaning is, is that there's nothing that can, can cause God to love you. There's nothing that can cause Him to love you more. And there's nothing that can cause, you to love, cause Him to love you less. That love comes from His heart. Without reservation. With the purpose of doing what is absolutely best for you. William Barclay, I love this, because in his commentary on this, he said this agape is unconquerable benevolence and invincible goodwill. Because he values you. He sees the preciousness of your life. I want you to understand that we can talk about how God loves everybody, but this morning I wanted you to get a revelation of how God loves you. And for you seniors, here's what I'm wanting you to hear. This is the foundation I build a life on. I don't build a life on my education. I build a life on that God loves me and He has a plan for me, and He is absolutely sure in building upon. It's a foundation that won't be shaken. Here's what I want to tell you. No matter what happens in your life, there's one thing that's not going to change. God has an absolute, perfect, unrestricted, unexpected, unconditional love for you. Receive that. Paul's praying that you'd get a hold of it for yourself. Agape love gives. It's always active. It seeks the highest good for the one love, no matter what the cost. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated His own love toward us. It was an action in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then Paul prayed in verse 17 that we would be rooted and grounded. You know, I like the, the Greek. And I, I'm sorry if it doesn't fit you, but, but just bear with me. The word rooted is carizado. Carizado, excuse me. Carizado. I practiced that a while. It means to cause to be planted. It doesn't mean that you just decided to grow into it. It means that something was, was planted you. It planted. In other words, God, when you came to a realization of God, He planted you in His love. He, He wanted you to deep, to Root yourself, root your life, root your purpose, root root your plans in His love. It's a picture of a growing, sturdy tree. The stability and the growth of the tree is firmly established in the root system. So when drought comes or winds or storms of life, it cannot uproot the tree that is rooted in the soil of God's love. And then the word grounded is themaleo. It means to make stable or establish. It speaks of foundation. It's an architectural term. Something that is secure and permanent. The building is secure because of the footing. And when we were building this building, when we were building west over there, we were at first thinking about building it back on a different part of the parking lot. 
And but that that part of the parking lot had been filled in over a hole. And so we did soil tests. We did make sure that the that their foundation was secure. The soil was secure to hold the foundation, that it would be established, that it would, would hold up the building. And once the foundation, the whole idea is the foundation being solid rock, you can build as high or as broad as you need to build because it's sure and it's permanent. It's not moving. God wants you to plant your life rooted deep in His love and grounded on the granite rock of His unchangeable love for you. He's not changing His mind about you. Doesn't matter what's happened to you or what you've done. God loves you. His love is not like a man's. It's not even like the church's love. Don't you hear me? It's not. The love of God is supposed to be the foundation of the church's love, but oftentimes the church doesn't have the love of God. You understand? But let me tell you what the love is not like the world's, that the love has to please everybody in order to be loved. God's love. Though no, agree, no one agrees with Him, He's going to love you anyway. Though the whole world stood against you, God's love will not change one bit. That's the foundation. And God wants us to be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus told a parable about a wise and a foolish man. A wise man built his house on the rock. And when the winds of life and all the storms came, it stood. It stood and withstood because it was on a firm foundation. And then in verse 18, Paul says, I pray that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of Christ's love. Comprehend doesn't mean just understand it with a mental understanding. Comprehend is kata lambano. Lambano means to receive it. But kata intensifies the receiving of it. In other words, it means to grab hold of it, to seize it, to apprehend it, and make it your own. What God and Paul is praying here, what Paul wants you to understand, is that this love is settled and sure, and you can root your life in it, but you've got to grab hold of it for yourself and make it your own. And my prayer is that you will today experience not only the awareness of the understanding of it, but you would grab hold of it and say, God, if this is true, I want this more than anything else in life. I want my life built on the surety and the foundation of your love for me. And then it says the width of it, the length of it, the depth of it, the height of it. What's love's width and length and depth and height? Some say it's a picture of the cross, the vertical beam and the horizontal beam. The height of it is it reaches into heaven. God so loved the world. The depth of it is it reaches into the fullness of sin and hell. And that's true. And the right and the left is it reaches from the east to the west. So broad is His love for us. And that may be personally true. That may be aware, we may be aware of that. But you know what? As I was studying Ephesians, I found that Paul had already said it all through Ephesians. You want to know how broad the love of God is? How, how broad it is? How wide it is? Ephesians 2.11-14 through 14 says, His love is so broad it can take a Gentile and a Jew and make them one new man. He can take that which was totally opposed and opposites and He can bring them together by the blood of Jesus Christ and make one new creation of both. You want to know how uh, long it is? How long is God's love? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, 
it says that, or verse 4, it says that God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. So in the eternity past, God's love was already settled on you. God chose you in Him before the foundation of the world. And then in, in verse 7 of chapter 2, it says that one day in the ages to come, He will show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. How long is His love? It reaches in eternity past and it reaches until eternity futures. There's never going to be a change in God's love for you. How deep is His love? Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. His love is so deep, it's deep enough to reach us when we were dead in trespasses and sin, when we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, when we walked according to the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, when our manner of life was guided by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath. It was deep enough. His love caught us there and it reached into the lowest pit to draw us out. How high is His love? Ephesians 1.3 says, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. And chapter 2, verse 6 says, He's raised us up to seated us together with Him in Christ Jesus. That's how high His love is. So it's breadth. He can reach anybody. It's length from eternity past to eternity future. It's height. He seated us with Christ. Its depth, it reaches the depths, the pit of our sin. And Paul says we need to know this. We need to understand it. We need to grab hold of it for ourselves. And then in verse 19, he said we need to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, surpasses knowledge. The word know here is a different word than just knowledge in the sense of knowledge of, of the mind. The word know here is not only to see it and understand it and perceive it, but to experience it. That you might experience the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And here's what I want you to hear today. When I'm talking about God's love, it's not, I'm not just talking about a word called love. I'm not talking about information no matter how incredible the truth is. It's something to be experienced. It's something to be received, grabbed hold of, made your own, felt in the depths of your heart. To believe to where you would lay and bet your whole weight of your life, bet your life on it, that God loves you. That it will always be secure and permanent in the heart of Jesus. Then it comes up that, that little word that in verse 19. He wants you to know all of this about His love. He wants you to be rooted and grounded in His love in order that. Look at this last part of verse 19. In order that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now how do you explain that? You may be filled with all the fullness. It's not going to be on your screen. There's two, two Greek words used here. Play, that you may play rue with the pleroma of God. Two same word, root word, but here's what. Play rue means to be complete, absolutely nothing missing, everything it was intended to be. Play rue. That God wants your life, wants you to be filled, complete, to become everything God intended you to be, planned for you to be, And can make you to be that you might be filled completely with the fullness 
with the completion, with all that God is in His fullness, in His Godhead, in His Godness, that that might be completely filled in you. How many would vote for that? I would like to see that God would fill me up, that I could become everything that He had purposed for me to be, planned for me to be, and, and, and provided for me to be. And I can do that when I get rooted and grounded in the love Agape of God. That's what God wants you to have this morning. It's what He wants you to experience. He wants you to feel the roots start to grow in the depths of that which is going to be unchanging. That will hold you in the storm. He wants you to be firmly planted on a foundation that is secure and permanent. It's not going to move. It will go with you wherever you are. Whatever you're leaning on, you can lean on Him. It's certain. And God wants you to experience it. Is that what you want? To be filled with all the fullness of God? How's that going to happen? Grandpa went over to see his daughter and family and knocked for a moment and then just opened the door into the family room and said, Hello! And right in the middle of the family room was his little grandson, Jeffrey. Jeffrey was standing up in his playpen crying. He looked so pitiful, standing there in his little baseball t-shirt and his diaper. His face was red and tear-stained from crying. But when Jeffrey saw his grandpa, his face lit up in a way that captured the old man's heart. He immediately reached up his chubby little hands and he says, Out, Papa! Out! What Papa could resist such a plea? Not this one. So he walked over to the playpen, reached down to lift out his little buddy out of his captivity and his distress. And about that time, law and order stepped into the room. Jeffrey's mother stepped out of the kitchen with a dish towel in her hand and spoke sternly, No, Jeffrey, you're being punished. You have to stay in bed. Leave him right there, Dad. Now what's a papa to do? His grandson's tears and reaching his little hands tugged mightily at his heart. But he didn't want to interfere with the mother's discipline either. And he couldn't stand to be in the same room with the boy pretending to be unconcerned. Nor could he turn away and walk out the door without feeling like a betrayer to his little pal. What could he do? The story that I was reading this from, this account, he says, love found a way. Since Grandpa couldn't take Jeffrey out of the playpen, he stepped over the rail and sat down in the playpen with Jeffrey. Jeffrey wrapped his arms around his daddy's neck, or granddad's neck, papa's neck, and was completely comforted in the circumstances of his pain by the presence of Papa. You got to get this. When you're in the middle of your pain, when everything you think is coming from left field has beat you up and cast you aside, when you fail miserably, when you think nobody understands, I want you to know Papa steps over the rail of your pain and sets down in the middle of your circumstances and will will fold you up in His love because His love hadn't changed. 
His love is certain and secure and sealed and settled. And it's there for you. So no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what's been in your past, what's going to go on in your future, it doesn't matter what uh, the prescriptions and the, the, the descriptions of things that this world is throwing at us right now, doesn't, none of that matters because here's the thing, none of it's going to change God's love for you. And what you're going to find that's never going to be different is when you feel Him step over the rail into your situation. No, His hands are ready and His lap is big and His neck is ready to be hugged by a son and daughter. You can be comfort. You can find comfort. You can find purpose. You can find reason for going on because Papa loves you. Romans 8, 31, 32 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? All the fullness of Himself. Jesus loves you with an unchanging, unconditional, unprovoked, perfect love. He loves sinners. He redeems failures. He delights in second chances. He gives fresh starts. He never tires of waiting. And He always rescues the damaged. If you think you're standing on the sidelines of life, He's standing right there with you. He loved you so much that He climbed down into the depths of our captivity, paid our debt, and fully conquered that which had conquered us. And I want to tell you this morning in May 15, 2022, God's love is as sure today as it was on AD 1 when Christ was born. His love for you is settled and secure, permanent. The only question is, will you learn how to live in it? Will you learn how to live from it? Build a life on it. Let your roots go deep. Find the bedrock of His agape love. For what He started, He will finish. God didn't send His Son here to condemn you. He sent His Son that you might be saved. Safe. Loved. Filled. Supplied. I want you to stand together with me. You may be here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus You know that, yeah, God's supposed to love you, but you can't see how He could love you with the way you are. But let me tell you something. He loved you before you were that way. He loved you from the foundation of the world. He's going to love you until the future. But let me tell you what. He's not going to make you love Him back. But He's going to invite you to receive His love. And His love will transform your life. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be stepped in, stepped in. Stepping into the love and the fullness of His life in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that your life's a mess. Your circumstances, as far as you're concerned, not only has God not loved you, but you don't even think He's around anymore. Let me tell you, your unbelief is not going to change His faithfulness. He loves you. And all it takes is for you to admit that, God, I need you. God is waiting to hear a son say, I need you. And all, let me tell you, he lavishes his love on you.
He lavishes. He doesn't just do enough. He didn't just do enough to get you by. He lavishes on it. Let me tell you, every time He's answered my prayer, it's always been more than enough. It's always been. This morning, I want to invite you. Stacy's going to lead us in a song. We're just going to, I'm not going to ask you to move or do anything. I'm going to ask you to do this. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I want to just invite you to say yes to Him and see what He does in your life. Just say yes to Him. Yes to His love. And allow Him to love you. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus for the work that He's done on the cross 2,000 years ago and by the gift of the Holy Spirit that's come to be with us right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you to apply the love of God to every heart and life here this morning. And may you lavish it on them. And may they experience you in a way that they've never experienced you before. May they feel your presence. May they wrap their arms around your neck and know that the Father is present. Do it now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You already have everything you need to meet the situations that you're faced with in life. Uh, God's love is already on you. It's available. All we have to do is use it. It doesn't matter how deep of a hole you've dug yourself, how wide a path of destruction you've left behind you, how high your debt load is of those around you because they just keep putting up with you. God's love is enough to meet all those needs and always will be. Amen. Let me share a few words of... uh, Announcements with you. Tonight, due to the baccalaureate service, there's not going to be any junior or senior high meeting. And Yams is not meeting. And if you're a Yam, you know who you are. So don't worry about that. But we do have coffee at Common Grounds on Friday from 7 to 11. Different group of seniors meets. No. No. Ten. Seven to ten. Okay, not to, you can stay till 11, but you'll be outside on the porch. <laughs> Different groups of seniors meet at Common Grounds on Friday mornings to have coffee together. Let me pray for you real quick. Father God, thank you for showing us that your love is always enough and that we already have everything we need. Lord, teach us how to rely on you and your love to meet the needs and requirements that we have in our everyday life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us in a very real and personal way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 